Hey guys, how's it going and welcome to another edition of Patriots Nation UK. I think by my calculation we're up to episode 24 now, I might be wrong, um, I can double check or you can uh, tweet me and tell me if I'm wrong as well. Um, this episode is a Giants preview episode, um, myself and Nick, we're both here, I am your host Matt Inkster, at Matt Inkster on Twitter and Nick is at the underscore panic on Twitter. We are joined by our special guest, Dan Hewitt, who is a Giants fan, but also a podcaster himself of the Wax Pack Lyrical podcast. How's it going, Dan? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, you're very, very welcome. Um, for people who don't know, um, obviously we've spoken in the past and through our various Facebook groups and such like, but for people who don't know, what is the Wax Pack Lyrical and what's that about? Right, so uh, Wax Pack Lyrical is, I believe this is still the case. Um, it was certainly the, the first UK um, podcast on the topic, um, and I believe it's still the only one um, on sports card collecting, so particularly American sports cards and uh, in particular NFL. That's all um, myself and the other hosts collect, and that's what it's about. So there's yourself, and who else have you got on the podcast? Um, there's myself, Ryan Slaughter, and Brian Walter, the three hosts. And Nick, have you ever been a sports card collector yourself? Can't say I have. I'm sure I've had a couple from time to time, but none that will be worth any money. Yeah, I think we've probably more... My 1998 Ian Jess Aberdeen card, probably not going to be worth very much. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the Panini sticker books is probably more of what we're used to than the sports cards um, collecting. So, Dan, can you tell us a bit more about it? Is it fair to say that it's quite a minute hobby in the UK itself? I'm gonna, and I've been on various websites and things and partaken in the, the hobby myself, so I know how big it can get online. And for anyone that's interested, go on eBay, Google Patrick Mahomes, or Brady cards, and you'll see how much that people are asking for them. But to to the point of my question, Dan, sorry to digress. Is is it? Do you think it's quite a minute hobby in the UK? Um, I think it's certainly fair to say it's uh, it's niche. Um, let's let's go with that. Um, yeah. Obviously, I, th- I think I don't know if you're a part of the group NFL Cards UK Traders. Yes, I am. Yeah, that that group run by Steve Poland, so it's probably got about a thousand members. Um, but a few of them are, are from elsewhere. So we've got people from Germany, Eastern Europe and, and what have you are members there as well. So they're not all just just UK members. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say it's it's niche. Um, looking at this sort of the other sports, it is the biggest of all the sports. Um, so baseball card collecting, I'd say, is even even more niche. And, and the, the other the NHL and the NBA are almost non-existent collectors wise really over here. Um, saying it's niche, they would probably I'd probably do down some of the collections <laughs> that, <laughs> that some people have have managed to acquire over here. Which, uh, when you when you think about how, how difficult it is, no access to the market and stuff, it's uh, yeah, well done, to, well done to them for sticking with it. Yeah, it seems quite impressive that uh, I've seen some of them, and as I've touched on them, the money that they can go for. I mean, I got into it just through various things. I think the guys, um, Stephen and Scott from um, Touchdown House, it was mentioned in there, I thought it would be something to get into, like 
And to me, as I referred to earlier, it was kind of, I thought, was on par with collecting your Panini sticker books. I know that the NFL have actually taken out a sticker book this year, which I believe they were giving away um, copies of at the weekend. But it was, you know, you'd go down your local shop, you'd pick up your stickers, and it was got, 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 need, need, got, got, shiny, got, got, you know, that kind of thing. But this is on a whole new level and scale as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, obviously, stateside, it's it's massive, um, multi-billion dollar industry. Um, over here, we don't have any access, like direct access to, to cards, unfortunately, at the minute until um, it's Panini that have got the NFL license. So until they decide that is the time is right to, to sort of start selling them properly in the UK, um, then we're left with what we've got at the minute, which is just importing, buying products in America and, and, and importing them over kind of thing. Yeah. And what made you guys start the the podcast? Um, we all, the three of us, I mean, myself and Ryan are both um, admins of the of the card group. Um, and Brian was doing a lot for the card group. He makes quite a lot of trips to America um, and he was bringing a lot of cards back with him. Um, and selling them sort of for what he paid for them just to give access to, to cards that people wouldn't wouldn't have access to any other way kind of thing. Um, and between us, we all listen to a lot of podcasts, obviously American podcasts, um, about the about the hobby anyway. And we just thought, why not? Let's let's give it a go and make it sort of UK centric and try and push the fact that we're here, if you like, make it make it known that we're here we're in the UK and these things are going on. I don't. I'd imagine Panini are aware of it, but um, you know, you never know until you kind of keep knocking on the door and make make them aware of the fact that that there's some serious collectors over here. Yeah, that's true, and I guess it's part of the reason myself and Nick got on board and started doing the the Patriots Nation UK podcast. Is I know there's a bigger group than us that um, they've made yearly pilgrimages over at Foxbrent and Gillette Stadium, but. There's never been, um, until myself and Nick started this one, there was never a Patriots Nation or Patriots in general, New England Patriots podcast based in the UK. There are ourselves and there's one other now. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the, the way we do it. We just like make ourselves known. We are, you know, quite fanatical over here, whether it's NFL in general or for yourselves, dude. You know, you're, you've got your card collecting and such like and, um, what got actually got you into it in the first place? <laughs> um, right, I I, uh, I was just looking on eBay um, for NFL memorabilia and uh, stumbled across somebody who was selling a card. Um, and at that point, it was I think it was about five years ago. Um, to my untra- then untrained eye, I, I saw this card and it was I think it's numbered to twenty five. Um, and I I kind of looked up the the hobby in America and realised how big the hobby was, looked at this card and thought, wow, it's like, there's only 25 copies of that. That's, you know, there must be loads of people that collect him, the team or the player who really want this card. I'll, uh, it, it was cheap as well, so I thought I'd buy it. As it is, I still have that card in my trade pile that I can't get rid of. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably explains why nobody else had bought it already. Um, but yeah, that, that sort of, and then I was, I, I looked for groups in the UK to try and find, to, to see if there was a way into, into getting it and stumbled across the, stumbled across the Facebook group and it just went from there really. 
No, fair enough. And of the Giants, as that's what um, we've kind of got you on to speak about as well as you know promote your ho- your hobby. So it was my hobby at one stage, but I realised how much that was costing. And with <laughs> the little ones and stuff, I decided to be like pretty smartly. Um, <laughs> but I still keep a keen interest because I, I like to see how much these ludicrous prices some of them especially you know you know yourself the Brady's and Mahomes and such like how much that people are asking for these cards and how much some actually sell for is mental amounts of money but on the Giants front where did that stem from was it a family thing was it a trip to New York at one stage how did you become a Giants fan so I started watching the NFL when I was in high school um, sort of late 90s 97 98 time um, started watching it on the Sky, um, and I watched it for a few years. And then after a few years, I decided that right, I needed to uh, I needed to pick a team. So it got to the um, 2000 season, and I decided that at that point I was going to wait to the playoffs because I wanted some a team that was going to be reasonably successful. I'd wait till the playoffs and pick a team from the start of the playoffs. So got to the playoffs, I, I picked the Giants. Um, they went all the way to the Super Bowl and got stuffed by the Ravens, and then didn't go back for quite a few years after that. But <laughs> once you've once you've made your decision, you can't really change it, can you? <laughs> no, I don't think so. And the less said about those future years, the better. I think it's still the <laughs> bane of me and Nick's existence. I think really, we don't so, we don't talk about those. No, but um, <laughs> I think I think I've probably spoken enough, and you've heard my voice enough. I'll let. And Nick kind of speak for a little bit, probably. <laughs> yeah, so I just wanted to ask you about sort of the pre-season for the Giants. Obviously, quite a lot of activity through draft and trades. What, what were your thoughts on the movement in general? Right, so uh, obviously we, uh, the, the big one, the big talking point, the OBJ trade. Um, very much initially, and, and to sort of... Uh, look at it quite bluntly. So we we traded away OBJ. Um we lost Collins because we didn't re sign him. He was an all pro um secondary player. We lost Snacks Harrison, all pro all pro defensive lineman. And really what we got back with was a seventeenth pick. Um Jabril Peppers, who at the time I didn't believe was anywhere near what the sort of player that Collins was. Um and a much, I think it was a second round pick somewhere. The the, the actual pick eludes me, um, but it was a, a, a second round pick as well. It just didn't feel anywhere enough <laughs> to be to be honest with you. Um, I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I can I can look at it now and go, it hasn't worked out all that bad. <laughs> but yeah, at the time, I yeah, I wasn't I wasn't best impressed. Yeah, was there was there much? come out as to why they looked to move it was it just his general unhappiness with the situation or I, I don't know uh, I think with him and I, I mean it's, it's potentially whether it's happening in Cleveland or not they've, I mean they've got two of them now with, with, uh, with Baker included but there's as much that goes on off the field as there is that goes yeah. on off the on the field and I think as an organisation um, from as long as I've, I've known the NFL and um, Known the Giants, that's just not what they're about at all. They don't. That's that's not what they they stand for or anything else. They don't really get on board with with all that stuff. And I think it's just got to a point where basically they'd had enough and 
that was that was it. They did enough of his antics and yeah. everything Topless else. Topless photos on boats. The yeah, exactly. pre, uh, playoff games. <laughs> that, exactly. that doesn't help. Exactly. What you're saying. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, player transaction wise, obviously the other big news for the Giants was drafting of the Eli Manning successor. Were you on board with taking a quarterback in the first round, or was it? Was it something that you were kind of hoping had been rumoured, but you didn't want them to go ahead with? Um, prior to the draft, I would have been quite happy to just play Eli for another for another sort of year, um, based on the fact that I didn't think the rookies that were coming, the rookie quarterbacks that were coming out of the draft this this past year, were, were as good as what's going to come out next year or what had come out the year before. Yeah. Uh, so if we were taking Barker the year before and we're leaving the likes of Baker and Donald and all of them sort of players there the year before, then I felt like we should probably be content to do it again for another sort of twelve months and and then look at like players like Tua who are coming out yeah um, next year. Um, I was in a different situation in that I'm a I'm a Duke fan as well, so I'd watched quite a lot of Daniel Jones. <laughs> um, so when we picked him, I, I, I wasn't really. I wasn't massively fussed. I wasn't one of these that I know it caused a, a lot of stir. People thought it was a disgraceful pick and made us a bit of a laughing stock in the media or whatever for the for the next few days. But what I'd seen of him playing for Duke, I was I was quite happy, <laughs> quite yeah, happy I with th- the pick. Anyway, so yeah, I think I think people thought there was an upside to him, and maybe just was it six they took him just a little too early. I think in some yeah. mock drafts I'd seen him going sort of in the second round, so. I think it was more the the position they they drafted him that caught people off guard. Um, obviously, it looks like it's playing out well so far. I know it's way too early to actually tell that. Um, yeah. Obviously, in the preseason, Eli was, I guess he was cemented as a starter. I don't know if that's actually accurate or not, but he certainly was a starter. What What were your thoughts in the preseason to start? Obviously, the illustrious four and zero preseason. <laughs> results that everyone's looking for. Well, yeah, I mean, for me, I don't, I don't put a lot of weight on what happens in preseason. To be totally yeah. honest with you, I'm, I'm more than happy as long as we don't get any season-ended injuries. That's, that's a great preseason for me. I don't really care whether we finish four and zero or zero and four, particularly. Um, it was nice to see Daniel Jones perform the way he did. Um, it, it was not, Eli was performing in preseason. In fairness, he looked, he, he looked perfectly adequate to be go and be go and be the starter all season, but then everybody's sort of playing at 75%. You're, you're not playing against starters, you're playing against second stringers, third stringers kind of thing, and you don't really know whether what you're watching is a- accurate to what you're going to be watching in, in the regular season. I mean, for me, at that point, Eli was going to be the starter, and like I said, I think he looked, he looked reasonably good. Um, went into the first two games of the regular season and he didn't look quite as good <laughs> um, once he was playing the starters at, at, at full force and what have you. Um, yeah. And I know we're yeah. going to touch a little bit more on sort of that situation in particular shortly. Um, so was there anyone else in the in preseason that sort of stood out? Any any surprises? Maybe players um, that you picked up or sort of late round draft picks? Uh, there was a, there was a couple. One of the I mean Slayton. Was a late round draft pick who is who is playing um, a wide receiver. I'll be starting on Thursday. 
because we haven't got any others. Yeah, I was going to say there's no one else to start. <laughs> <laughs> um, was an, there was another wide receiver, uh, TJ Jones, who had a, who had a great, pretty, he had a really, really good pre-season. Um, it was just the, the way the rosters fell, it was just kind of unfortunate that we... Um, we couldn't, we couldn't take him on, kind of thing. And I think he's been cut. Hopefully, he'll find a. He might have done that. Found a practice squad somewhere. I haven't, um, I haven't kept hundred percent up to date with that. But hopefully, he's one of them players that does does find a job somewhere because he d- he did look he did look like he had a lot of upside um, during pre season. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Um, I was just wondering. On, I mean, I don't know. Your feelings on it, Nick, but mine is that Manning shouldn't have, well, they still, still shouldn't be with the team um, anymore. I think he's regressed in, in recent years um, to a point that they maybe, as you were saying, Dan, they maybe should have looked at someone. If they didn't take one last year, why have they taken one this year? And, you know, it was either last year's class or next year's class, is kind of what I would have thought. But, I mean, it's the whole Manning sort of tie-ins and everything. They've picked up Daniel Jones. And I must say that through the mock drafts that I saw, and I mentioned this in one of our first episodes of Patriots Nation UK, that um, Simon Clancy, you know, from Gridiron Magazine, um, he actually had Jones going at that pick with the Giants. So fair play to him. Um, for putting a mock draft that he put Daniel Jones in at that pick and it came true. So uh, the man must have um, skills of some sort. I know him and Matt Sherry, they they follow the college game really closely, a lot more closer than I do, that's for sure. But do you see him as a, the franchise QB and how did you actually think of the, the situation as a whole? Would you have just gone with Jones from the start or taken Manning for the rest of the season or what was your thoughts on that? Um, it's, it's a it's a tough one because of obviously everything that Eli's done for the for the franchise as a whole. And so those those two games that um, you guys don't want to talk about. But, <coughs> um, <laughs> um, you know, there's everything is everything is done, and for me personally, is sort of the, the first one I've followed all the way through. So I was following the NFL when we drafted him. Um, can yeah. remember the trade on draft night with Rivers and what have you, and sort of followed his whole career, if you like. And so it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's almost a sort of an emotional tie, which I think is the case with a, with a lot of Giants fans that it's it's more it's probably heart overhead in that when you actually look at him, he, he's been probably been past it for two years, three years, um, and should have been replaced before now. But I think there's that emotional tie there with him. I. <laughs> Prior to the season, I would have liked to have seen Daniel Jones sit behind him. Um, all the sort of greatest quarterbacks that are still knocking about seem to have, have gone that way about it. So um, I can remember Rogers coming into the league and he, he sat behind Favre um, and for 12 months. Or, I mean, it might have even been longer than that because it was quite a controversy when he took over. Um, and Brady come and sat behind Bledsoe and I can remember him taking over and that causing a causing a controversy but it seems to that they learn so much more from the from the seasoned professional if you know what I mean um, so now that it's happened and he's, he's come in I do hope Eli stays and he can still sort of get that he can still sort of gain as much knowledge as he can over the next 12 months while Eli's still there hopefully fingers crossed yeah I think Alex Smith is probably the most recent example he 
he was sort of doing it with um, Colin Kaepernick, and then obviously more recently it was the the Mahomes thing that um, Mahomes redshirted behind him for the the season, then stepped into the mantle, and um, not so much Joe Flacco because I think he's they're two different types of QBs in in um, in Baltimore, and they were clearly going a different direction to the pocket passer as to what you know the type of um, schemes and formations you see now from them, but. Can you see him being the long-term um, QB of the future, or can you see him, you know, maybe lasting two or three years, and then they're looking at the next draft class, sort of thing? If it takes someone six, he needs to be the long-term answer. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I think there's certainly that aspect of it. Um, I think he's just a really good fit for the organisation. Um, I mean, the, the comparison people calling him a mini Eli. I just appears to be spot on. His mannerisms, the way he handles himself in the media, um, everything about him just it, it just strikes me as an Eli 2.0 kind of thing. Um, what Eli was when he first started, so he could he could move and you know I once saw Eli score a rushing touchdown. You might not believe that, but <laughs> it did happen once upon a time. Um, and it, it just it feels like he's a really good fit for the organisation in in that way that that's that's kind of what they want and. I think a, a lot of people might not put too much weight on it, but I think New York, for for any sport, whatever whatever sport it is you're playing, if you're playing in New York, it's a it's a very sort of media wise, it's a, it's a very sort of focus of a, of attention, um, and I think you need to be a, a certain type of player to to be able to handle that, um, and I think he is he is that sort of player, probably the the polar opposite to what OBJ was and. We all saw how that one turned out. So yeah, I um, think it's a, you know fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, he is there for the foreseeable. Yeah, I think OBJ can embrace New York life, really, didn't he? And I always kind of to bring it back to sort of UK perspective and maybe more a Scottish perspective is that I always liken New York to or the press uh, anyway to the Scottish and Glasgow press. If you play for Celtic or Rangers, then you know, you better be up for it because otherwise they're going to, you know, they're going to take your dinner and throw it in your face type of thing. Um, they'll soon chew you up and spit you out, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, I would, I would hundred percent agree. And like I say, I, would, I don't think it matters which sport you're playing. If you play baseball, hockey, basketball, whichever one. If you're playing in that sort of cauldron, you've got to be, you've got to be able to handle that, the pressures that come with that. Well, yeah, let's think... just know that you just compared New York to Glasgow. Let's just let's just, <laughs> let's just think about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, and and think and think and okay, that's enough thinking. Um, move, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Patriots Giants uh, on Thursday. Great Thursday night football. Love it. Oh. Um, what are your thoughts on the game? Obviously. Giants been kind of ravished with injuries by the looks of things. Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't hold that much hope of us of us getting anything. Um, not at all. I mean, I, 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 you know, whenever you're one of those teams um, that, whenever we play you, I wouldn't hold that much hope in <laughs> getting anything. Whatever sort of team, whatever sort of team we're lining up with. Whatever team you're lining up with, I, I just feel like Bill Belichick might have something uh, might have something up his sleeve. Yeah, so I think Sterling Shepard's out. 
Evan Ingram it's... looks like he's a major doubt as well. Yeah. Who... We always talk about Belichick looking to take away the one player that the opposition has. Um, Saquon Barkley looks like he's going to miss out as well, so that would have been the one. Who would yeah. you say now is your main threat that perhaps Belichick will look to, to take away? Well, we've got the we've got the the rookie rookie Slayton um, at wide receiver is pretty much the only <laughs> wide receiver we've got who's seen any game time so far this season. Um, we do have Golden Tate back, um, but obviously hasn't played a snap in anger so far this year. So, sort of how how he'll be, how rusty or or whatever. Um, we don't have a running back either as. Um, your Barkley's out, but then now a backup is out as well. So um, we pretty much don't have a running back at all. <laughs> so yeah, literally just pick them two wide receivers up and uh, jobs are good. And I think um, it certainly <laughs> seems like there's not going to be much um, going for you. Unfortunately, um, the the sort of the defense was something I was. It was something in the, the off season, as you mentioned earlier. You know, they kind of took away some of your bit, the big sums of your defense and they replaced them with littler sums. But I mean, Pepper seems to have been all right so far. Is you, have you changed your mind on him? And do you, do you see him maybe having maybe has a standout game? Is maybe the the defensive player for the Giants that'll be the one to watch type idea. A hundred percent, yeah. I have completely, having watched him play, um, I've completely changed my opinion on him. He is, he is a, a very, very talented player. Um, yeah, we, we've got him, we drafted, uh, Dexter Lawrence, who looks really good as well, um, in the defensive line and the two old, well, when we were talking about the trade and the, the players we lost, the, the two holes they've, they've filled have, um, been filled very well in fairness. So if we are going to do anything, it's going to have to be on that side of the ball. We're going to have to, we're going to have to stop um, Brady and all those others that you've got um, which is obviously easier said than done. Nobody else, uh, nobody else manages it very often, but we'll, uh, we'll do our best, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think anyone that listens to the podcast here knows that, well, certainly I don't think that the Patriots offense is kind of flying at the moment. They're, they're pretty stuttery um, for the most part. They were a bit better against the Redskins in the second half last week, but it, things just don't seem to be clicking. So I, I certainly think that's something that the, the Giants could look to slow down the offense uh, is just whether they have enough on their own offense to sort of keep, keep, the, keep the game close. If you keep giving Brady chances over and over again, eventually he will figure it out no matter how well or badly the receivers are playing. So it, it's just whether your offense has enough there to keep going. Uh, have you seen much of the Patriots' defense this year? Um, and what are your thoughts on that in general? If you have, um, I mean they've they've, they've really stepped up. Um, I, I I can't remember where I've heard it. I've heard it on a podcast or I've heard it on TV. Um, and somebody was talking about the Patriots and the way sort of Barchet goes about getting his getting his team set up. Um, and I mean, he's a he's a lot lot better. But possibly you guys are in a sort of similar situation to us in that Brady isn't the player he was. He's still far better than the vast majority of quarterbacks in the league. But he isn't the player he was 
five, six, seven years ago where you could concede 50 points, but Brady's going to put 55 on you anyway, so it doesn't really, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. It, he doesn't seem that's that type of player anymore. So, um, you needed your, your defense to step up and it, it feels like Balachek's gone and got that done. If you know what I mean, individual players wise, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to say, but as a, as a unit, he seems to have just improved the defense knowing that he needed to, um, to try and, possibly change the way you play. I mean, it was probably how you played when he first started. Um when Brady first came in. You've had a you've had a great D that was was possibly partly responsible for the initial Super Bowl wins of the Brady era and it feels like they maybe the <laughs> if there's another one this year or or next year or whatever that the, the D might be responsible responsible for them again. Yeah, it it does kind of feel like it's gone sort of full circle, I guess. But um, it's, it's so early in the season. I don't think they've played anyone with overly a great offense that would have been able to, been able to test them so far. That's kind of why I was quite interested in this game. Um, but obviously, how the injuries have transpired, it's probably not going to be that. I don't want to say it's not going to be a major test. Everything's a test. But with Shepard and Barkley, it would have been a lot tougher on them. At least there's there's threats on all levels of the offense, whereas maybe now there's there's not quite that level. Yeah. Okay. Um. I I, I don't want this to sort of keep going back and forth on, on this game. I, I really do think the injuries sort of taken away a lot of the things that we were looking forward to watching. Um. But going forward, what are your thoughts on the Giants? What, what are your expectations for the rest of the season? Um, I think we've played a lot better than I actually initially expected. Um, so I'd have kind of been very happy preseason with five or six wins. I think um, expecting Daniel Jones to sit behind. Eli and it just to be sort of another losing season um, and, and get a high draft pick for, for next year's draft kind of thing. Since he's come in, I'm, I'm quite impressed um, with, with what he's done. I mean, he's won his first two games, lost last week to uh, Minnesota. Um, I think we lose this week <laughs> to ourselves. Um, but I think of the, of the other teams we've got to play, I, I think there's, you know, there's every chance we could possibly push it to maybe seven, seven, eight wins. And our division doesn't look, doesn't look all that spectacular at the minute. Nobody, uh, it's another one of them years when nobody seems to want to win it. Nobody's going out and winning, winning all the games. The, the Cowboys started well, but didn't really play anybody to start with. So. Yeah, um, I was just going to say they came out flying, well. but they've come back down to earth a little bit. Um, yeah, definitely. Just having a look at your shed schedule, schedule, whatever. Um, <laughs> you get a nice back to back in weeks fifteen and sixteen of the Dolphins, Redskins, probably the two worst teams in the league. <laughs> so that that's got to be at least two wins there, you would think, unless something yeah. drastically changes. Yeah, um, you don't want to be the Dolphins will be in major tank mode by then, so yeah, <laughs> you'll be okay those weeks. <laughs> So your running looks pretty good, although I've noticed you've played the Eagles two of the last four weeks of the season. I don't know why that happens in the NFL schedule nowadays. <laughs> so, I mean, the divisional games will be the big ones, won't they? So, you know, playing the playing the Eagles and playing the Cowboys again. Um, if we want to do anything, those are the games we need to we need to go and pick up. I, th- I think if we could go into them full strength, 
then I'd give us, you know, I'd give us a shot, especially with it being a divisional game and there being that rivalry. People are so much more up for the, up for playing that game and what, and what have you. And stranger things, strange things can happen. Um, but yeah, I'd, I don't see us making the playoffs at all, but I think if we could, you know, if we could get somewhere around, around an even, and even score eight and eight, I'd be uh, I'd be very happy with that as uh, as Jones's first season in charge. Yeah, I think any sort of game time he can get, obviously he's going to play the rest of the season. Um, touch wood, unless something happens. Um, going forward for the Giants, where do you see the sort of holes in the team? What do they really need to focus on improving, either through a trade this season or or focusing on the draft and free agency next year? Um, I think we need a sort of a sort of second wide receiver. Um, Slayton has looked good. Whether he can, there's the possibility that he carries it on and and is is that second wide receiver behind Shepherd. Um, but the reason we look good at, at that position years gone by was was Shepherd was probably good enough for a, for a wide receiver one anywhere else, and yet he's got he was behind OBJ. So, um, you know, if we could get another sort of a, a, a better wide receiver too. I think that would stand us in good stead. Um, I quite like Golden Tate, but I think he needs, on his own, he's sort of not capable as a as a slot receiver. While defences have got other things to think about, so if they've got Engram to think about and Shepherds to think about, I think then he'd be a, a really useful weapon. Um, but without the, with them players out, I don't think he can. Uh, I don't think he can carry that on his own. Um, still think we need to make some more improvements to uh, our offensive line. We have spent money on it, um, but it's still not, still not brilliant. <laughs> Daniel Jones is uh, doing some, doing some scampering around in the, in the backfield and what have you. Um, that's the most crucial position for any team for me. If you can give a half decent wide, uh, half decent quarterback, excuse me, three or four seconds in a pocket, then they'll just, they should just be able to pick you apart, so. Yeah, it doesn't that's... seem to matter how good your cornerbacks are. If you're asking them to cover for any more than sort of four or five seconds, you're just asking for trouble. They, yeah. Receivers will eventually get open, so yeah. Yeah. It's, it's probably the most underrated, <laughs> undervalued position in, in the whole league. Um, you know, and the Cowboys got it right for a time, um, but then obviously they're having to disband it all because they've got to pay Dak and Zeke and everything else. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's it's that position. If we could strengthen there, then I think we could uh, we could be looking good. Oh, sorry guys, I uh, broke up a little bit there. Um... So yeah, Nick, was there anything I I don't know if Nick mentioned there, I just had to nip away and deal with my daughter a little bit. Um as these things happen unfortunately. Is there anything else you want to cover, Nick, before we go, or is there has all bases been done? Um, no, we've we've kinda of touched on it. Um, I don't know if you caught it. I, I said the the players that the Giants are missing are really kinda taking the intrigue out of the game. Because the Patriots' offense is still starting, it's still expected to be quite tight, but it's maybe not looking like the the first real challenge the Patriots have had, and um, just due to the injuries. But may, maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe they'll pull one of those Belichick. Oh, he was doubtful, but oh, he's playing. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a shame because I think Thursday night football gets a bad rap for you know various things, whether it's the, the, the actual <laughs> the actual games that they put on or just the time frame. You know, going from Sunday to Thursday is quite a short week for teams, and they don't like it that much. Um, Patriots seem to like it in the way that they get ten days rest following it. Sometimes eleven, depending on if they then follow with a Monday night football the following week. So technically, they get. Two buys in a season. Um, but, yeah, it's a shame that, you know, if Giants were at full strength, Patriots are at full strength, it's actually a pretty decent Thursday night football game. It's worth staying up for if you're UK time like we are. Um, but otherwise, and for, I think you're right enough, it's unfortunately the way the injuries are panning out for you guys just now, Dan, it's not looking the best for you. But before you go and before we let you plug away with all things... Um, Wax pack and such like. But I wanted to get a score prediction off you before um, we'll let you leave. Oh, score prediction. Um, I'd say t- let's go 24 10 to yourselves. Hopefully, Nick, you don't you embarrass <laughs> <laughs> not, not a million miles away, um, to be honest. I'll go 20 something. Let's go 27 9. I'm going to. I'm gonna ride this no touchdown thing. I think it's I think it's legit. I know they gave up one last week, but let's go with it as an, ano- an anomaly. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of going with the the legit no touchdown. Well, no receiving touchdown. I actually think that from what I've saw, not that I've seen a lot of the Giants to be honest, but that's why we got you on to be the resident expert, Dan. Um, but what I've saw is that I can quite see, as you're saying, Jones scampering around, they could come up with some interesting plays and it might be Jones getting a rushing touchdown um, this Thursday night. So with that in mind, I'm going to go 27-10 myself. That's what I'm going to look into. 27-30 point mark to 10, a touchdown and a field goal for you guys. Sorry, I have one thing just before we mm-hmm. let you go. Old friend Nate Solder is now on the Giants. What, what is the opinion of him? Because he was a bit of a, a topic of debate when he played for the Patriots. He, um, I think he just looks a bit awkward because he's so tall. But generally he did play pretty well. But I think last season he wasn't received that well in New York. No, um, <laughs> he, he sort of. It, it's been a bone of contention amongst um, Giants fans, um, the offensive line in general, um, for quite a few years. In that, Eli has probably looked worse due to the fact that he can't stay on his feet for any longer than two seconds um, in the pocket because he's got nobody helping him in, in, in front of him. Um, so the signing of the signing of Solder was actually like quite a relief and <laughs> we were actually doing something about it um, but then obviously it didn't really pan out like that last year certainly he wasn't uh, he wasn't great he, he does look he does look a bit better this year but he has we have slightly improved the rest of the line around him as well so um, that's that's probably helping him out I'll, I would reserve judgement <laughs> until the end of this season <laughs> I'll just wait for that uh, eligible lineman play, the uh, solder touchdown. <laughs> nailed, nailed, nailed on. Well, I think um, 
I think that's it. I think we'll call it quits there, guys. Um, if you were up and willing, if you've got the time towards the end of the week or over the weekend, maybe if you want to come back on, Dan, and I don't know if you want to review a massacre of a game or not, but it's up to yourself. But the, the, <laughs> the invitation's there. <laughs> more, more, more than happy to come back on and, and uh, d- discuss <laughs> discuss how uh, you, you picked us apart. Yeah. Well, well, we'll sort out a time that suits us all for um, after Thursday night, and we'll we'll take it from there. We'll do the review pod with yourself. Um, I think that'd be a fun thing. So I think most of the reviews we've just done ourselves so far between myself and Nick. Um, the, the guests we've had on has generally just been for the review. So you'll be the first returning guest. So the, there you go. There's something to add to your cap. The <laughs> reviews where all the rants come in, so you're in for a treat. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, so with that being said, um, the floor is yours, Dan. Plug away all your stuff, uh, the traders group and all sorts, and um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, so if you, uh, if anybody listening is into or, or thinks they'd like to get into uh, card collecting, um, the first place I'd say to go to is the is the Facebook group, NFL Cards UK Traders. Um, get yourself joined up there, and there's there's plenty of people. Myself as an admin, um, and and all, all the guys there are really helpful. I'll help you out getting started. Um, if you're interested in listening to our podcast, um, it's available pretty much everywhere. I'd say all the popular podcast platforms. Um, it's available on there. It's just called Waxpat Lyrical. You can get us on Twitter at Waxpat Lyrical, and we have just set up a Facebook page. If you search for Waxpat Lyrical on Facebook, you can find us on there as well. Excellent. Sounds good, my man. Well, as I say, we'll call it quits there. Just um, quick housekeeping from us before we let you go. Is, um, remember, guys, to rate, review, and subscribe. Um, tell your friends, tell Patriots friends, tell NFL friends in general about Waxpat Lyrical. Um, that's part of the purpose to get Dan on, is to get more people interested in the sport of or the hobby I should say of uh, card collecting so rate review and subscribe to Patriots Nation UK PatriotsNationUK.com is where you'll find our written work at Matt Inkster is myself at the underscore panic is Nick our Facebook page is Patriots Nation UK search for that you'll find it there and until after Thursday folks remember to do your job as there are no days off